the deviance war in this particular book it is important to take note of the name dr frank kameni so let's begin page 32 historians have described world war ii as a nationwide coming out experience that forced young gay men out of their small towns into confined same-sex environments where they could finally encounter others like themselves in training, in ports, and in battle. I just thought that was something you'd like to know, something I'd like to remember, you know, that it was during the World War, the Second World War, that, you know, gay people were forced to, gay men at least, um, became more, you know, they were put in the same place, so they had the opportunity to interact amongst themselves, amongst themselves, yeah, so, page 126, Kamani's analysis of the larger homosexual issue had also evolved, I've said homosexual this week more than i've said in my entire life Kamani's analysis of the larger homosexual issue had also evolved i have done a great deal of thinking since our second meeting upon the matters you brought up and which we discussed in somewhat veiled terms during the last third of our conversation he told applegate the pentagon official had asserted that a homosexual without anything to fear or anything to hide from blackmailers would have no problem acquiring a security clearance. Thus, the root of the problem laid not in society, but rather in the homosexual's view of himself. It is not society's attitude toward these people which is important or even relevant, Kamani wrote, but the attitude of these people towards society and towards themselves. Um. So here... Kamani, he, he got arrested. The book starts with showing us how he got arrested. He was in the toilet, he was peeing, and then he got um arrested from there. He trained to be, he studied astronomy. So, he was into academia and all of that. But after they arrested him, and he had to go to, go to many... Um, he has got many court appearances and tried to um, clear his name. He got fired. He couldn't find work. So his life got reasonably complicated and difficult. So um, the, this book, a huge chunk of it is court appearances. You know, um, they... they write out the words of people that spoke during court appearances so this is just first part of it so at this point he has appeared in court i think twice and um it was beginning to form more it wasn't gay when he was young well he wasn't um practicing homosexuality when he was young but he knew that he had gay um proclivities and also um 
it was just something he didn't identify himself as gay he just knew that he had those feelings but after he grew up and he fell in love with somebody and they still living together he identified himself as gay so now he's forced to make his sexual orientation the <laughs> his entire life basically because his sexual orientation has affected everything about him and now he's just fighting to stay afloat so slowly it becomes less about clearing his name and more about um validating homosexuality to the nigerian government to, <laughs> to the american government to the court to the people so that they could have the revolution and legalize gay homosexuality and marriage and all of that so it's it's just started from one guy not necessarily one guy because you still if follows this guy a lot this frank guy this frank person frank man is dead so less respect um he he follows him the entire book follows him throughout but it also sometimes um deviates to go and talk about other people that were part of the struggle and who were also making contributions to the revolution page 135 it was no coincidence that kemani first made the comparison between homosexual and racial discrimination in the summer of 1960. The Greensboro city were coming to a successful end. Segregationalist, segregationists gripping the mantle of moral authority had long argued that the mixing of races would weaken the country and aid the communists. But then the young black demonstrators at Greensboro well-dressed, silent, and thoroughly non-violent, attempted to order am- to order hamburgers at a Woolworth lunch counter. Americans watched white retaliators, dog tail, sideburns, swaggers, the redneck eight mongers, the Ku Klux Klan, as time described them, repeatedly attacked the stoic protesters. Afterward, how could Southern whites possibly claim? greater civility and moral authority um so yeah you, you um Kamani decided to link um black lives matter <laughs> not at that point it was just um civil rights movement um and and racial discrimination to homosexuality he linked this the struggle because the scenario i just described to you they were dressed appropriately you see later on in the book where kamani tells homosexuals those that are going for parades for protests to dress very appropriately to use the principle of respectability and dress really well so that people can not identify like not put um people who dress carelessly and shabbily together with homosexuals they just wanted to show that they could be they they were respectable and deserving of respect so and it worked every movement that the homosexual movement tied itself to helps it helps it along the way 
page 192 this book is just about the history we can start sharing our opinions with history um it's just stating what was so that's what i'm doing now I'm just stating what was for you so this book is relevant because just like the other book i read also about the history um so this one was a bit easier to read although i was bored a lot and i kept falling asleep <laughs> because it reads i'm sorry it reads like a textbook it's easy textbook in fact it is a textbook on history so i don't think it was something i was supposed to read just like that it's not something you're supposed to read just like that especially if you're the type that wants to memorize um i want to memorize things but i got the general hang of it of it and i think hopefully this is what i remember because even i told you how i read right if i were to read everything word for word i still won't remember everything i'll forget like 30 percent of what i've read but these things that i'm saying right now are the things that will stay in my mind and even though i were to forget part of them i have this episode and i can always go back to listen okay i forgot what the history of homosexuality is like yeah okay let's go back to the books that we read and the things that we mentioned in the episode and that will be it for me at least but those of you this will just work as motivation for you to go get the book to read if you like the things i'm talking about and there are things that interest you and you want to know you know want to read the word to yourself and get to know the book and the characters well that's what you do i hope i've motivated you enough Day 222 on july 17 at 7 p.m the recording hit the airways so why don't we begin at the beginning with an obvious question began the streets moderator what is the metachine society we got a soft-spoken voice with a hint of a texan draw after explaining the metachine's focus on research and education he posed the revealing question of his own everyone's heard of it how many people are really familiar with his program anyone nope no one i'm the only one my god said the moderator well i guess that answers that question for the next hour and a half the homosexuals talked frankly about themselves among themselves about their minority about society and about sex no they explained the homosexuals life was not primarily concerned with seduction as the moderator put it generally said one participant the homosexual has a very strong moral fiber and a very definite set of rules how should the straight world approach homosexuals well i'll sum it up in a phrase responded wicca i'd say just leave and let's leave i think we all have skeletons in our closets and less stones thrown the better said another homosexual with that the program titled leave and let leave ended to experience the momentous occasion homosexuals hosted listening parties across the country the city gay men had never simply talked to one another as gay men on the air so that, that was progress for them you know it was beginning to spread they were beginning to get attention radio um radio people to talk to them <laughs> radio producers to have them on their shows so it was beginning to gain volume the movement was beginning to gain volume 
262. On September 21, 1955. I, I hope if you are curious about the timeline, then I think, you know, just think about it from 1950 because that's when all of this um really started, the 1950s. And before the 1950s, anyway, that's when the revolution actively started and they started protesting and doing all those things. But, you know, they also said it was during the World War, World War Two, that gay men came together. They were able to come together and actually relate with one another. So take note of the timelines. Um, so page 262. On September 21, 1955, Martin and Leon joined three other couples to form a secret society. The world's first known lesbian organization they call themselves the daughters of billities an obscure reference to the fictional asian greek woman who in 1894 poetry of pierre louise loved both men and women the name sounded like any traditional organization of female heterosexuals something like the daughters of the american revolution who other than scholars of 19th century poetry would guess that the DOB, that's the Daughters of Abilities, was really an organization of sexual deviants. The eighth women elected Dale Martin as the first president of DOB and Lyon became its secretary. The couple had finally found a lesbian community. We were just happy we met six more lesbians. Lyon later recalled. So I know this particular story and they go more in depth into it in the other book, um, the gay revolution. So you can listen to that one. Um, but basically, Martin, Martin was married. Then she fell in love with a neighbor, the female neighbor. She divorced her husband. She gave her child to her husband who remarried a woman, and you know. The whole thing started out like a sorority kind of thing, kind of situation. She met Philly. She loved her. Philly's lion. Is it Leon? Um, she loved her. And they formed the old Daughters of Ability thing. They were more about educating. They had a magazine, you know, called The Ladder. And they had a library where people would come in, like lesbians would come in. Then they would educate them, give them resources on lesbianism and homosexuality and all of that and just teach them how to be so teach them things about them, themselves so uh that was all the way so it's good to mention that because while kamani was doing so many things and walking around and you know forming societies he didn't form any society initially um but he helped spread one <laughs> There was one that was already in that matachine that was mentioned earlier. I, I forgot to mention that because I spoke about it in the other book, The Gay Revolution. I just read two books on the history of this um of homosexuality because it's just good to have a background of history. And I read two because history can be quite difficult to get through, to read and to read really fast. It can be quite difficult. So the more I accustom myself to it the more the knowledge stays in my head so if i read it twice <laughs> even if it's different books but same message if i read it twice then i won't forget and i talk about it here 
then I won't forget. So that was basically the, the thoughts behind it. So the Matashin was created by another another man whose name I don't remember now. But um, he too was married and he was a communist. He had to stop being a communist and his wife also left him. And later on, Kamani um, became the president of the Matashin. Although he wasn't always the president because sometimes he didn't win the people's votes. But after a while, you know, two times he might not be in office, another time they vote him into office and things like that. But he was actively involved in the Matashin and in propagating homosexuality in America. Then, um, 282. 282. 282. Okay, we're back in court. I, th- I think we're, yeah, we're back in court. Fine, said Kemani. Before we start, would it be possible for me to have the name and official address of each person here? The panel introduces themselves. First, the chairman, an attorney, an attorney from the Department of State, then an official from a housing agency. And finally, Robert H. Fox of Central Intelligence Agency. Excuse me, asked Kemani Statute. Cent- Central Intelligence Agency, a CIA, repeated. <laughs> now, doctor, before we start this proceedings, I think it was very surprised that someone from CIA was there. Um, now, doctor, before we start this proceedings, began the chairman. Just a minute. Kamani interjected. Mr. Hammond, please proceed, said the chairman, ignoring him. Mr. Kamani does the, does the name the Metashin Society of Washington, D.C. strike you with familiarity. Kamani explained the purposes of the organization. No, it did not appear on the Department of Justice list of proscribed organizations. No, it did not encourage the com- commission of homosexuality in public places. And no, the Metashin Society of Washington never attempted to coerce influence or pressure Ronald Braz. Do you, Dr. Kamani, as president of the Matashin Society, swear allegiance to the United States of America? Yes, certainly, said Kamani. The society, he explained, was the professional organization legally advocating for a minority group. Its members had never been subject to blackmail and was open to heterosexuals too. Dr. Kamani asked Amon. Do you personally know one Warren Scarberry? I do. Kamani will not reveal Scarberry's sexual orientation. But when pressed by the chairman, he admitted, I have met him in surroundings where there were other homosexuals present. That is all I can say. And it goes on and on and on and on, guys. It goes on and on. But let me skip to a place that I think is interesting. Do you regard yourself as a homosexual doctor? I look upon that question as improper. As if you asked me my religion or political beliefs. Um, I think you should try to understand why he gave that type of answer. It was at a time where you can't really say, you can't really openly say that you're an homosexual. You could be thrown in jail. So, you, all the time, you would write... um statements and 
write complaints and do so many things, but he would not actually answer the words, am I, are you an homosexual? He would not say yes or no to the question. He would just keep talking and saying different things just to get the point across. He was just trying to save himself from, because it was not just the homo- homosexuality charge that was placed against him. They put some other things in there that were not really true. So he was trying to um, extricate himself from those other ones and prove that he had nothing to do with those other ones and that homosexuality really had nothing to do with those other ones. But that was at the beginning of the court palaver with him. But right now, he's the chairman, is the president of this Matashin Society of Washington, D.C. And, you know, he's, he's trying to defend it in court. Um, let's move on from there. Three two four, three hundred and twenty four. Oh, my dad would be so disappointed. What is three two four? Um, what exactly is a homosexual? Asked Horton. This is another time. It's quite boring. Like going from one court place to another court place to another court place. It's just annoying. It's annoying, but this is the life you sign up for anyway. When you, when you decide to be an activist of some sort especially a pioneer of some sort so yeah what is the name of the society publication asks dowdy dowdy is another is the person questioning them now um the gazette is it monthly sent through mail what is this circulation only 250 subscribers answered kemani what about a homosexual cure interjected congressman sick we certainly would not oppose it says kemani but homosexuals are not sick and society does not concern itself with a cure the naacp does not try to see what can be done about bleaching the negro you do condone the homosexuality act did they ever think about bleaching the negro huh I can't put it past them. Jesus. They thought of that. Oh, my skin. On the skin of my ancestors. Wow. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> it's one thing for you to choose to bleach your skin. It's another thing for your government to actually consider bleaching the skin of an entire race. That is that would be weird. I hope they didn't take that seriously. I hope I'm 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 blowing things out of proportion. I really hope I'm being dramatic that that did not happen. Okay, they said they did not. They did not see. Okay. Okay. But if that ever occurred to them, like wow, wow. You do condone the homosexuality acts, do you not? We feel that it should not be made criminal. That was Kemani speaking. You do condone the homosexuality acts, do you not? Why did they ask him twice? My statement stands. We feel that it should not be a matter of criminal law. That it should not be a matter of criminal law. Hmm. I'll admit that I used to think that 
I say used to because I don't know what I think at the moment about that particular thing. Mm, I think I do. Um, I used to think that if I were ever at the ends of affairs in Nigeria and a bill was passed that we should legalize homosexuality. I'll probably vote yes. You know, because I don't think it should be a criminal act. That's my logic speaking. That's not really... That's not my faith speaking. That's logic speaking. But now that I have been enlightened, according to my faith, not logic now, that my faith has met spirituality and they are learning to coexist in the same body um i'll vote no because um since the government the government is not a the government is not a spiritual organ okay i didn't say that well the government is a spiritual organ because it's made up of people but the constitution is not really something that it doesn't have a religion it doesn't it's not loyal to any religion in particular it is people that make up the government that are loyal to different things so when i go to the government and i'm in charge of something i am going to run it based on my faith i'm not going to run it based on logic i'm, <laughs> I'm just sorry i'm going to try to run it based on logic in the sense that i will not condone violence or just over the top situations like that like violence from violence basically i can't in any form violence no um but if they were to pass a bill i would know there has to be that person that votes no because of their face and because what if all of us are able to vote now we're able to keep the law out for as long as possible until um there are other people that are more than us and it's just a thing of democracy at this point you get so it's not it's not i'm I'm not going to leave i'm not just going to give up and say no okay because it's not a i don't think logically that it's not a criminal act that it is a, that i don't think it's a criminal act that's my logic it doesn't mean that i will just let my logic win because i still know the advantages of of having both my logic and my spiritual side together working side by side and since my authority is the bible i'm going to vote based on that that's how i'm going to vote i'm not just going to say oh yeah you can have your space i'm i'm sorry it sounds so fair <laughs> it sounds so fair um and the reason why i was going to vote yes before was because it sounds unfair <laughs> to logic to just plain logic it sounds unfair but to keeping out um some things and based on my beliefs to keeping the place at least some things should should you know should stay the same way I, i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i don't hate you that's that's no way this is coming from this is just coming from me finally reconciling my faith to my intellect that's what it is so you might still be on that intellectual thing or trying to protect your interest like 
um, as an homosexual. So I am also trying to protect my interest as a Bible lover, the child of God. I hope I explained that well. Mm. Okay, and I think that's why we need Christians more. Especially Christians who have thought of it to this point. Because you can also still be Christian and still be relying largely on your logic. That was what I was doing. Um. So, yeah. I think that's the only... That's why they always say, oh, Christians, don't just leave things to random people who go and vote this. It's because leadership, the leadership matters. You know, the people there are the people that... Is the influence they have that they will have on politics is who they are that affects policies you know everybody is trying to protect their interests so that's why children of god need to appear more in places like that like really really sound children of god need to appear more in places of power so that they can be on the table because somebody will just make people just like how many a group of people how many are they in this country how many senators do we have they will just make like random decisions and it will change the course of the entire country. We've seen it happen in different countries. So I think if you are next president or you're a senator, please respect yourself and you know get your get your mind together. The next thing page three hundred and twenty four. What exactly is okay, we've read that, sorry. I should be marking this. 386. In New York, Randy Wicker had grown sick of the Metachine. He was a member of the Metachine. Despite his planning, his urging, and his long record of publicity success, the MSNY refused to join him in a picketing demonstration at the White House or anywhere for homosexual rights. The organization was stagnating. He realized, worst of all, the New York's homosexual at large were unable to join the movement. They remained complacent in their underworld, underground world of parks, restrooms, and mafia-controlled gay bars, which banned him from distributing MSNY literature. Their patrons mockingly referred to him as Miss Matashin. <laughs> okay, some people didn't want to protest, didn't want to come out publicly. Wicker walked away from the movement and resolved to fight on behalf of the entire sexual revolution instead. In early 1964, Wicker joined the League for Sexual Freedom, a new organization formed by Jefferson Poland, a 21-year-old free love advocate. Free love. So that's started from that guy. All right. Mm, so he left, the other, he left one group. And started you protesting. Okay. And slowly and surely, especially at the towards the end of nineteen sixty three, Kamani was able to admit his homosexuality. He became willing to admit his homosexuality to the United States government, you know, unlike his seventeen year old self. He was becoming louder and louder. Page four hundred and sixteen. The day after Christmas, Rika wrote Kamani with a piece of news. It might upset you, you warned. Rika had adopted yet another way out cause, one that would no doubt cause a convulsion from the bottom of the homophile movement to the very top. However, I'm sticking to my guns as an individual and as a radical. Repel 
marijuana prohibition said the flyers distributed by Wicca on December 27. As the public relations director for Lima legalized marijuana, Wicca distributed literature while 22 other protesters marched around Tompkins Square for three hours in a misty drizzle. The pickets marched with placards reading smoke pots, it's cheaper and healthier than liquor, reported the New York Times. The poet Allen Ginsberg led the group for a while in a Hindu chant that he described as a magical invocation to Shiva, the god of yoga and marijuana. Okay. Okay. Am I the only one who gets like... <laughs> if you're not chanting... And talking to the Holy Spirit. If it's not the Holy Spirit you're talking to. And speaking in tongues. Every other thing scares me. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so Okay, not scared, but I'm just weary. Because I'm not supposed to be afraid. I'm just weary. I'm really weary of spiritual acts. People don't realize. Um, I, I know that some people know what they're doing. Like, they they're very aware... Like this guy is not doing it for for nothing. He knows the spiritual um at least he knows what's he knows part of it at least we can say so. Um so he's leading the chant, the god of yoga, marijuana. So I'm not discrediting any I don't even care. Um but he's leading this chant. And I don't know, random people is the way random people that don't know anything about how the spirit realm works that join in chants or that join just spiritual things or how like the moon in a very spiritual way where they are actually um channeling all their energy because human beings we have like a lot of spiritual energy like nobody even is there this thing these things and then make it making it at high moon and wanting wanting and manifesting i'm very weary of the word manifesting very weary i am very very weary of the word manifesting we don't know what we are doing some people do and they will not tell you the full implications some people know that there was one time my my tiktok was full of very witch-like things i was scrolling and somebody's telling me about how i should look at um the moon as a time and dance naked do you know what you are doing what why are you dancing naked at the full moon what are you what do you know that you're doing what do you think you're invoking because you're invoking something what is it do you know what it is are you sure that what you think it is is all that it is (laughs) i don't know if i'm the one that is i'm just the nigerian that is scared i'm very skeptical of all those things i don't play with spiritual stuff especially if i don't understand i don't understand a lot about the spiritual realm i will say that loud and proud and i'm learning so i also say that part loud and proud so there are just some things i will not do like even when god is speaking to me i'm always that is a, a problem and we're trying to solve it though but i'm always asking father is that you because because, because imagine like some demonic 
rubbish ass dumbass thing from the pit of hell speaking to you and you are you are learning doctrine from from the demonic realm are you not scared <laughs> don't you get scared don't you know it's not just about us don't you know I don't know I don't know how these people I don't know how you manage things yeah. I don't even know people are very good at compartmentalizing and you know only focusing on one side and not having questions about the other side and the potential of what you are doing I won't say teach me your ways but no I think I think people just always think maybe the future is in two days I, I don't know you don't think about the future you don't think about something that you might have awoken that will not affect even you that will affect <laughs> children your children's children not to scare you but there, there's something I want to say in the Bible I don't you those would I read the Bible, those would are Christians. There was this part where um uh there was this part with Ezekiah. Ezekiah was this king. <laughs> was this king that he he a prophet of the Lord came to tell him that he was going to die. Everybody knows every most Christians know that story. They came to him and I was going to die. So he, after they did that, the guy turned and faced the wall and I said, God, you remember how I did this? How I did that? You can't just let me die. Don't let me die, Father. I had more years in my life. So God added more years to his life. In the very next chapter, in the very next chapter, Babylonians came to visit him. I know God has never liked Babylonians. So Babylonians came to visit him and he was very excited. Is a guy very excited about it. He came, he showed them, like, this is my this is the temple, this is my palace, this is one thing, one thing. He was very happy to host them. Then God sends the prophet again to come and tell him that this is what you did, and Israel is going to suffer for it. Like the Babylonians that you just finished praising, they will come and take Israel away and they'll be slaves and one thing, one thing. Do you know what this guy said? <laughs> This guy said, um, well, <laughs> I'm loosely paraphrasing, but he said, well, God has already said that in my own days, truth and peace will prevail. So, <laughs> when I read that, I was thinking, what, what you is, is your fault, but you still you're holding on strongly to God's words, like, well, y'all yeah, will save the punishment. I'm sure that what you just said is not a lie because it's God that said it. But, but, <laughs> He has already given me assurance. He has already spoken the word that during my own time, will, there will be peace and, and truth. So, I'm sure God is telling the truth, but I'm also sure. That it's not during my time. This guy. This guy. It was the I admired it first and it has it has been my my go-to when I have to think about okay, I'm losing faith in God. Why am I not trusting God's words? And I remember that this guy this guy, <laughs> this guy that even did something bad <laughs> that they came to punish that I was still saying Mm-mm. God's word is good enough, bro. Like it was not me he's talking about the he has already promised me something. He was able to say that boldly, and I'm sure he lived the, re- the, less, the rest of his life out in peace. And he did. There was no war during his time. 
he, he didn't he enjoyed the years that God added to his life and that was it that was it so be careful what you invoke be careful what you think you know that may not be all to it you know not everything is like pure good energy like you think it is be more afraid that's what I'm telling you Just, I don't know about fear let's not be afraid that's not what well, you can only not be afraid when you found perfect love. And I, I don't know if what you are practicing is perfect love. I'm sure it's not. The former astronomer ensured that the signs were logically ordered. The former astronomer is Kameni. Or Kameni. First, Nichols carried the group's thesis. 15 million U.S. homosexuals protest federal treatment. Next, the connection to current events. Cuba's government persecutes homosexuals. U.S. government beats them to it. Then the homosexuals demand. We want federal government honorable discharges, security clearances. Government Wallace met with Negroids. Our government would meet with us. Jews to con- concentration camps under Nazis. Homosexuals to work camps under Castro. Is the US much better? It was a protest and they were trying to like be more organized about it. So they put in relevant issues, current events, and they also made their um demands known with the placards. The entire moment is quite interesting. It's like from obscurity to limelight to success this part i'm about to read is just something for you to know lily vincent vincent um picked up the telephone on the evening of friday april 16 and agreed to become the first lesbian to march at the white house for homosexual equality lily vincent the vincent has z at the back at the last letter, not T. Um, four six four. We're almost done. As the picket pickets continued, Kamani's dress code became more specific. In May, he finalized the official regulations of his picketing committee. Picketing is not an occasion for an assertion of personality, individuality, ego, rebellion generalized non-conformity or anti-conformity he wrote onlookers he explained were more likely to accept controversial ideas if picketers bore the symbols of acceptability conventionality and respectability as arbitrary as those symbols may be kamani a man who had long rejected conformity nevertheless recognized the trappings of conformity of as a political tool history provided evidence that the tactic work worked since the days of slavery african americans had utilized respectability as a survival strategy mothers of young female slaves for instance taught their victorian standards of speech and behavior as historians but put it to humanize themselves in in white eyes perhaps even securing a minimal measure of personal safety. In the mid-20th century, the tradition manifested itself in the Black Freedom Movement. 
deployment of a white middle-class image. Dress modestly, neatly, as if you were going to church, black organizers told marchers. Kamani thus required male marchers to wear suits, female marchers to wear dresses. It required men to have recent haircuts and fresh shaves. It discouraged beards. He approved all signs in advance. In advance, they needed neat and clear lettering. It required marchers to carry the signs assigned to them and to maintain their correct logical ordering. He prohibited picketers from talking among themselves. He did not allow them to smoke or to take refreshment. He permitted them to leave the picket line only when absolutely necessary. I'm all in favor of well-groomed picketers. Remarked Ronald Braz, but isn't it going a little too far to require suits in summer? <laughs> the temperature nearly reached 90 degrees Fahrenheit on the 4th of July 1965 when 39 picketers, 32 men, and 7 women appeared at Philadelphia Independence Hall. So you get the idea they're trying to look very respectable and dignified so that they'll be taken more seriously you know it also it's also something that they took from the black movement you know you have to look victorian english like so that you can be taken seriously or at least so that you look like they shouldn't hurt you because as a black person, your life is in danger. 538. I would like to present Dr. Charles Sokarites of New York City, began Ronald A. Morrow, another Pentagon attorney, a Harvard College graduate, the 40. 45-year-old Sokarit had arrived. His psychiatric training 20 years earlier as I'm busy, go away. As an intern at St. Elizabeth Hospital in Washington. I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm making a podcast. You can't stay. Go. I just completed the manuscript of a 400-page volume tentatively titled The Homosexual a Psychoanalytic Study. There were two types of homo- there were two types of homosexuals, explained Socrates. First, there were obligatory homosexuals who, after the terror of childhood, needed homosexual relief, no matter the price, the danger. Second, there were non obligatory homosexuals those who temporarily experimented with homosexuality only in confined environments like prisons and concentration camps. Okay. Only two? I don't think so. Is the obligatory homosexual a diagnosable pathological condition? I certainly consider it a pathological condition answered Socrates. It certainly is diagnosable. Doctor, I would like you to look at the booklet entitled The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorder, said Morrow. I see you have a copy of it. I will ask you to tell the board 
where it is that sexual devi deviation is classified. Homosexuality, red, socarids, is classified by the American Psychiatric Association Manual under personality disorders, sociopathic type. Yeah, that was that was also a thing. They thought they were psychopaths. They thought homosexuals were psychopaths. They called them the sexual psychopaths. Oh, wild. Mm, I think because they had not come out and they didn't know much about them. So they assumed it was the worst. Okay. Is mutual masturbation between two males a form of sexual perversion? Yes, said Sukarids. In homosexuality, ironically enough, a homosexual is seeking his lost masculinity. Um, he's not seeking femininity. He is seeking to become a man because the very roots of his identity as a man were so hampered and so impaired and crippled in early childhood that he must, through joining with the men, identify with the men, taking his penis to become a man. This is the irony of homosexuality. I don't understand that. He's seeking his lost masculinity. Where was he lost? It's so simplistic. He's saying that there are just two types of of homosexuality. This might be right, but it's not. It's not in all cases because he missed it when he said there are only two types. Um. And types. What the fuck is types? Doctor, do you consider that a person who is an obligatory homosexual is sick? Yes, very sick. So an obligatory homosexual suffers from a disorder or compulsion. Yes, homosexuality is a reparative move against the tremendous damage that is going on inside a man's mind. As the addict would say, he has to get his shot, and so does the homosexual. Under such condition of psychic um, disequilibrium, this diagnosed obligatory homosexual would react in a reckless manner, in your opinion. Anything can happen if pain and fear, rage and guilt are of sufficient intensity with anyone. I think it just assumes that all of them were in some sort of pain. No, just not have fun. The other book I read today emphasizes that homosexuals are homosexuals because it's fun. They they are happy. It makes them happy. Being with their partners makes them happy and it's fun. So that's basically that's it. It's as simple as that. And the things that don't harm other people, um, and makes the people that participate in it happy shouldn't be something that worries the entire society. That's what the book is saying. The title is um What's wrong with homosexuality? It's a book in it's a book written by a gay man. Um in support of homosexuality, even though the title says what's wrong with homosexuality. Mm. Where you have referenced repeatedly to homosexuals and your experience with them began Kemani. Where do you see these homosexuals? I see these homosexuals in my office. I see them at conferences in medical schools. I see them. I discuss with them, with the residents I supervise who treat homosexuals. In short, all of these homosexuals you see are under what are slight 
what can slightly be broadly termed clinical circumstances. Yes. In other words, you are seeing a thoroughly screwed sampling. For three additional hours, Kamani struggled with his line of questioning. How do you define pathology, he asked. A disease that causes suffering and impaired normal functioning, answered Socrates. For people in this country with black skin, their skin brings pain and suffering. Do you call that a disease? Objection sustained. That is just a little bit too far, said the examiner. It was getting late, he reminded Kamani. They recessed at 5.45 p.m. After nearly eight hours in the crumbling building. Hmm. I don't need to explain that, do I? I hope not. So there's there's a whole lot of back and forth. Eventually the one. Eventually, on December 22... 2010, Obama signed the appeal of the ban before an audience of 500 people. He thanked the politicians and the military leaders who had enabled the reform. And finally, he said, I want to express my gratitude to the men and women in this room who have worn the uniform of the United States Armed Services. As the room applauded, Kemani sat in the front row of the audience wearing his combat <laughs> combat infantryman badge did i mention that he served in the army during the world war but he still didn't participate in homosexual acts during that time he had opportunities he said he had opportunities but he just didn't as a rumor okay a few months later on july 21 2011 the space shuttle atlantis landed on a florida runway about 135 shuttle missions. After 135 shuttle missions, it marks the end of NASA's human space flight program. A crowd of NASA employees met the shuttle crew on the runway where they wept for the end of an era. Frank Hamani had wanted to be one of them. Yeah, he wanted to be an astronaut. That's sad. I'm so sorry. Every now and then, he still wondered what life would have been like if his government had accepted him for being gay. Where he would have traveled, what systems he would have invented, what states he would have, what stars he would have seen. This is heartbreaking. It's quite sad. At the end at the age of eighty six, Kamani remained proudest of just one thing, his formulation of the simple logical assertion once unformidable that homosexuality was morally good to those of my fellow homosexuals who may read this i say that it is time to open the closet door and let in the fresh air and the sunshine he had written in 1968 it is time to doff and to discard the secrecy the disguise and the camouflage it is time to hold up your head to look the world square in the eye as the homosexuals that you are confident of your quality Confident in the knowledge that as, as objects of prejudice and victims of discrimination, you are right and they are wrong. Uh. <laughs> Kameni died in his sleep on October 11, 2011. A sensible day to die since it was National Coming Out Day. <laughs> Gay is good. It is. That's the end of the book.
and that is that um it's a nice mystery it has the bearings of great revolutions and it has the seeds of great what am i saying i'm sorry for the other time um it was my brother he needed me and I'm busy. I live at home with my mom. I work from home too. Okay. I just think who feels hard about Kamani's life? Kamani's life now. I do. But you know. Go up and down. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say life takes you up and down, but um, we can actually also direct the way life takes us. We can command things. I don't want to explain how we can command things. I start with trusting God. And that is the end of this episode it was nice being here love you bye